Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 137, The Kessel Run. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we're back for another Kessel Run and another issue of Thundercats. Oh! <laughs> I'm excited. Absolutely. So, uh, last time we did a Thundercats issue, it was the Wildstorm, and this con- this time we're continuing the Wildstorm story, but this time we're actually on issue number one of five. Um, right, so it's that first uh, story arc. Exactly, yep. Um, so this one was written by Ford Lytle Gilmore. Uh, pencils were by Ed McGinnis, so the the pencil work changed. I think last time it wasn't it J. Scott Campbell? But yes, the, it, it was. Yeah. Uh, inks are Jason Martin, colors are Chris Walker, uh, and we got assistant editor Christy Quinn, letters by John Lehman with Sergio Garcia, and editor is Jeff Marriott. And the Thundercats were created by Ed Wolf, which I never knew that, so. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't, I never really thought about that. Never, never heard a name. Like, you hear Larry Hama associated with G.I. Joe, obviously. And, right. And even though he didn't create it, you hear the name Simon Furman with Transformers all the time. Yeah, it's just always kind of thrown together, you know, associated. Yeah. But I never really heard a name that went with Thundercats, except other than the voice Larry Kenny, you you know, who did Lion. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But as far as, like, creators or anything like that, I never really heard any names, so we got a name now. It's Ed Wolf. So a guy named, with the last name Wolf, created a thing about cats. <laughs> never really thought of it that way. <laughs> ah, whatever. Yeah. Um, another, another cool thing is I was um, part of a Tsunami Studio group right out of school. And I, I'm still part of the group, technically, the studio, art studio. And we worked in a, a office building down in Greensboro, North Carolina. And just down the hallway from us was a comic book colorist, uh, Chris Walker. Nice. So um, he wasn't technically part of our studio, but we hung out every day, and he was just like two doors down. Um, so we had our studio of pencil and inkers, and then we had, there was this comic book colorist, Chris Walker, who had you know a studio a couple doors down. So we'd see each other all the time. He actually colored um, the most of the series here, especially the stuff that Ed McGinnis was drawing. So yeah. all of his colors which I'll talk about later as we get into the book. But um, but anyway, so yeah, so I actually know the guy who colored the book. It was really cool. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, ready to get in into the issue? Yeah, let's do it. Because these issues go by pretty quick. Um, they do, yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of awesomeness that happens, and that's why it goes by quick. So It does. Do you want, do you want to do a, like a synopsis first? Yeah, we'll do a synopsis, okay. and then we'll kind of just talk about uh, various things that either as we come along them or even after we're done with the synopsis. So do we want to go page by page with this like we usually do? Yeah, let's go ahead and okay. do that. And okay. then afterwards, we can kind of give our thoughts on the whole thing, and sure. then there's some Thundercats news I've got at the end. Cool, awesome. All right, so uh, the very first page uh, we have is Lino, and he's. It's kind of like we see some narration as far as what was happening. He's but he's getting attacked by um, a new villain named Pyron. Yeah. Who I'm not. I don't. I think it is literally a new villain. I don't think this character appeared anywhere in Thundercats. To my knowledge, um, so. not that I'm aware of. Maybe I can check that while we're talking about that. Okay. Quick, but I don't think I think you're right. I think it's just yeah. kind of this one page. You know, this fills the gap of time. Yep. So this was uh, he fights Pyron after he defeated Mumra. So yeah. uh, after he beats Pyron, he actually gets the key of Thundera. I I love the one panel at the top of the the second page where he's holding the sword of omens up, and there's all these flames coming from these 
dragon mouths and everything else. Just really awesome drawings in, in this entire issue. But uh, yeah, so there's like you know he he so he's fighting this Pyron and he like he says he fights fire with fire, so he's blasting from his sword of omens his power and yep. you know somehow that defeats the dude. Which I have never found that fire beats fire. Usually it's like water beats it. Yeah, usually it kind of like makes a a bigger fire. Right. Sure. We'll take your word for it, Lionel. Right. So so he does get the the key of Thundera. What this allows him to do is he's able to present this to uh, the Guardian, and it says exactly the 24th hour. It's almost like the uh, eye that he has on, on his sword. It's this big symbol of the cat, and all of a sudden this shadow cat comes roaring out. And thus, all this leads up to them having their new home established now. So it's no longer New Thundera. Now it's actually the planet has actually been transformed into Thundera, which was their original home. Right. And, I don't quite understand all that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> they just kind of say, "Hey, this is the new status quo, and let's go." Well, know, so they don't. There's not even any kind of detailed explanation as to how it transformed or why. And right. So I was always, as we get into further issues, I just was still confused as the difference between Third Earth and Thundera now. Yeah, that's the thing that confuses me too, because I always felt like the planet that they were on was on, in the cartoon was called Third Earth, right? And then they were calling this planet New Thundera, and I th- I think it was like after they, so yeah, so they were on Third Earth, then after they defeated Mumra, they called it New Thundera because exactly. it was safe, and they wanted it to be a home for Thundercats, and then with the key transformed the planet. To the same type of atmosphere and yeah. architecture as Thundera. Yeah, exactly. So the, way and that's I, a, yeah, the way I understood it was that Third Earth has evolved twice now to become Thundera. Yep. Right? Yeah, and how I, I almost took it as, I took it exactly the way you did, where it was Third Earth, then it was New Thundera, and then it was Thundera. But I took the Third Earth to thun, New Thundera as not really being the planet changed, it's just that they now rule the planet. They don't have to worry about Mumra anymore, so they think. Um, they, you know, they've defeated their enemies and now this planet is their home, but for them to make it their true home of Thundera, that's why they needed this key of Thundera. Well, and a couple of things, uh, just a quick search online. So, uh, there was an episode, the 113th episode of Thundercats of the original series was called the book of omens. Mm-hmm. Um, Panthro deciphers how to use the key of omens okay. and he enters that code into the book. Um, then uh, once that's done, that released um, the ancient spirits of evil champion, Pyron. Okay. So he was from the cartoon series in uh, episode 100 and, what did I say, 13? 13, yeah. Yeah, and he looks very similar than he does in the book, like real spiky road warrior okay. with a mask, you know, that type of look. But it's, yeah, so that, that's directly from the series, that okay. whole event. I need to rewatch those cartoons then. I know, me too. Now, the one thing I think would have been cool is if they would have actually, like, even though the art is fantastic in this book, I think it would have been better served that once this, you know, key was activated with the Guardian and everything else, if they actually showed, like, a pan back of the planet or, like, a landscape be actually, like, transforming and changing. I think part of this, this whole thing, we'll talk about this a little more. We're so used to decompressed storytelling right now that we're used to this event. This could have been an issue. These first two pages could right. have been an issue. Yep. 
um, this whole first issue could have been a story arc easily. Yeah. Yep. And that's why it feels like it reads so fast. That I mean, I think what they were going for was that this first issue would feel like an episode. Yeah. And and that's I think what they stick to at least for this first arc. So things move very quickly. You have a bad guy come, they defeat him, and it's over. Yeah. You know I mean, like that's the idea. So um, the first two pages was just reference. Yeah. Enough to the old series to create a new status quo for the planet, and all they give it is two pages. Yeah. To uh, reference an old cartoon bad guy and explain how the how the yeah. planet changed and to, two pages do do that yeah and to your point I th- I think it's right it's spot on to say that they were trying to make this issue as if it was like a cartoon episode and in a cartoon yeah. episode you get that previously on Thundercats and it's yes. just this quick you know here's a couple things that happened and now here we are <laughs> so and you got to think I mean the first page was a splash page and the yeah. second page is a six panel page so you literally have seven panels. Right. To tell that story, which is, you know, uh, there's only so much he can show. But I kind of wish that this first issue was, in fact, two issues. And yeah. we had a little more explanation as to the... The change uh, or something. The, yeah, the planet change and maybe a, a, a little bit longer fight or some explanation of who Pyron, Pyron was. Is, yeah. We'll talk about it in a second, but the introduction of this new bad guy. Yep. If he had two issues to kind of build up conflict, leave it on a cliffhanger, then resolve it in the next issue, I think he would have been a more fleshed out bad guy which we'll talk about that more yeah. now um the so lion says you know it's thundera it's no longer new thundera he says now we need to tell all our thundarian brothers and sisters across the galaxy that we have a homeworld again which i didn't know there was still more out there yeah I, i've always <laughs> was under the impression that thunder was being destroyed and they were like the last ship out yeah and that they only came across like bengali and Lingso and pumira because they happened to be away from planet at the time it was destroyed yeah so uh, you know possibly i guess what this is suggesting is that the Lingso group you know that second infusion of thundercats on third earth was out there on a, a, either an exploratory mission or some kind of colony. Yeah. And that there are more yeah. out there. Which is interesting, too, because my memory, if my memory serves me right, I could be completely wrong and there could be something else out there. But in all the miniseries, including this one, I don't think we got one new Thundercat. No, yeah, it was all reference. It was, I mean, this was very, very uh, steeped in the cartoons. It, all the classic. Uh, costumes and uniforms, all of the their characterization right. is just a, a complete continuation from the cartoon, which I loved. Sure. I'm glad they at least this introductory story wasn't them trying to reinvent the property. Like it is such a love letter to the old oh, cartoons. Yeah. I um, just with that line it, saying that there's other, you know, bring uh, bring everyone home or bring our other Thundarians home. I was just but then hope- it never pays off. <laughs> right. I was just hoping like maybe the last issue of this arc or this you know this ser- mini series would have had like a couple new Thundercats showing up on a ship or something. The coolest. I know. The coolest. I know. And like I said, uh, even the following mini series, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I think when we do more of these, if we can schedule it out, when we do more of these uh, episodes of the Castle Run, specifically with the Thundercats. There's a couple of people I'd like to maybe have on with us that yeah. are very knowledgeable about Thundercats history. Yeah. Um, and maybe we just save that for do a spotlight on the Thundercats property. Yeah. But it would be neat, like, as we're reading through these to get their, 
And we like this stuff about Pyron, which we didn't know until we started the episode. Right. <laughs> uh, we could have done some homework, but screw that. So I did a little bit of homework. Yeah. I just didn't think about that character. <laughs> but, um, you know, just have somebody there to give us all that background. That'd be kind of fun, too. But yeah. So we might be saying things that are completely wrong, like the idea that there being more Thundercats out there. Um, I don't think I'm wrong. Why? Well, I mean, he mentions that they're out there, so they're yeah. out there. Yeah. Like, that's canon, so they're yeah. out there. But I don't, there there might be references to that in other episodes that we haven't watched. Oh, anything. true. Yeah, very much so. I just meant in these comics, I don't remember seeing a new Thundercat being shown. And I was like, that would have been kind of cool. So. <sighs> that would have been cool, especially to see. Uh... Even one would have been cool. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So then we. Uh... <laughs> All right, so. So to continue back in these stories here. Uh, yeah. So we go to uh, the. Onyx Pyramid of, of Mumra, and we hear these ancient spirits of evil. They're still in, in this dark tomb, tomb and they're like, yeah. Mumra's failed us once more, and Pyron has failed us as well. It's time for us to summon a new warrior. And who should arise but Shadow Master? And yeah. this is where I did my homework. <laughs> okay, yeah, who's this dude? So Shadow Master, he appeared in episode 125, uh, which aired in on September 22nd of 1989. Cool. So, so and in that episode, he looks dorky. Um, oh, really? <laughs> there's no nice way to put Like, he looks cool and purpley here and everything else. I gotta look this up. There he looks hu- like human flesh and still wearing the, this weird costume. Like, for some reason, the coloring works so well to make this character look dark and creepy here. Yeah. that the coloring is totally different and it's really almost just the coloring that's different but it, he looks dorky when he's colored differently <laughs> oh man yeah i'm seeing pictures i'm looking at pictures of him on yeah. uh just on like a google image search yeah, yeah. nerd yeah but <laughs> he, his outfit doesn't look that different it's just no the, that's true it's just the coloring it's really just well, that's the that's a uh, chris walker throwing his magic on that yeah that's true so, uh, so they raise up uh, Shadow Master, and uh, they they said that they're going to create an eclipse on Thundera to plunge it into darkness, and then he can use that darkness to destroy the Thundercats. And he starts laughing, uh, typical anime laugh <laughs> panel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. laugh <laughs> panel there, exactly. <laughs> uh, and he says he has a score to settle with them. And uh, they said, we'll free you from the Shadow Realm, but if you fail, we'll banish you there for all of eternity. And he's like, don't worry with the shadows in my power. I'll be unstoppable. And again, he disappears and laughs. <laughs> so then uh, we get to the Thundercats, and Panthro notices on the screen that uh, an eclipse is happening. And he's like, that's unusual for this time of year. This shouldn't be happening, but it's blanketing the entire planet. I found this humorous. This might be evil, but I found this really humorous. Um, so Linkso says, what's happening on Thundera? And he's, and Lionel says, we can't see Wise One. And I'm like, yeah, he can't either. Yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. At least explain it to him. I felt like Linkso should say, like, when Lionel says, we can't see, he should have said, yeah, me either. I don't know. I know. He's like, is that supposed to be a joke? Like, right. Like, call him out on it. So... Lionel sends Chitara out and sends her out to Sector 7. So we have Chitara goes, I'm already on my way. And she goes speeding off. She hits this wall of darkness. And at the end of it is 
uh, it like splits like the Red Sea, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's Shadow Master. And he says, "I've been expecting you," and it's you know, dark and ominous and just really cool. And and it it is a cliched type thing to have the opponent be like that, but it just like for me, it really works in this. So it kind of it just kind of uh, immediately shows his confidence. You know what I mean? It kind yeah. of shows the type of character he is, and especially that first panel on the next page. Like he just looks impressive. He looks like yeah. a really Intense bad guy. Yep. So uh, he's like, don't worry, little kitten. I'm not going to hurt you. Because basically, because stereotypical for any type of bad guy, she's going to be the messenger. Like, he's yeah. going to make an example of her to send a message. So uh, he says, tell the others the Shadow Master is coming to kill them and move quickly. And uh, all of a sudden, all the shadows start collapsing on her and she goes running. And for not wanting to kill her, like, these things are closing in fast on her. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she's quick. I guess he, so it also shows that he knows, well, I guess, I guess she closed in on him quickly. But the idea is, like he said, I, I have a score to settle with him. So it indicates, like, there's some kind of previous history. Yeah. And maybe that's referring to this cartoon episode. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But they, they never explicitly say that. But yeah, right. so this darkness is closing in on her to trap her, and she's got to move quick to get out. It says, like, he's obviously more powerful than when Lionel faced them last. So, yeah. you know, they have met before. He's familiar with who they are and their powers. And, and he's the idea is that he should show that he's more intense. And so she she goes flying through the, um, you know, the darkness to get out. And she kind of pole vaults. She's like, I need to get a better look. So she kind of does this cool pole vault flip yeah. just to get up on top of um, the some kind of statue. I don't yeah. even know what this is. It's but, like a... Um, statue at the end of the uh lion's oh yeah that's right yeah yeah um and then but i love that shot that i do too that panel of her in the shadow yeah it's all silhouette but her eyes are glowing and her thundercat symbol on her chest is glowing red and And she's got her bow that's all yellow and stuff yeah that looks cool yeah that's one of my favorite panels in this issue so Um, yeah me too so the the next page she looks down and sees that he's creating like an army of shadow creatures um and he kind of yells out you know as soon as the eclipse is complete you know, he'll strike and so that he's he, he kind of says that his power is building but i think he kind of gives away the idea that they need to strike quickly or because he, he's not as strong right now yeah and uh one thing i think i'm going to do before we review an, uh, another one of the thundercats episode, uh, issues in the future is i'll actually check out his uh episodes 113 and 125 because i have the dvds of the thundercats episodes yeah. So I'd like. I'm kind of curious now to see, you know, these villains that are being mm-hmm. mentioned, like how they reference to them. And we can even read it, you know, as we read ahead. If there's new, yeah, something that seems like there's an obvious reference to something happening in the past. It's, yeah, it's got to be referencing the the cartoon episode. Yeah, absolutely. So then we see uh, the shadow beasts, and then they're pretty creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chitara comes in and she says, "It's the Shadow Master." He's about to attack. He's got creatures of pure darkness. So then we get the classic Lionel going thunder, thunder, thundercats, ho! And all the co- yeah. thundercats come roaring out. And you got Panthro, Chitara, Linkso, uh, Bengali, and then Wily Kit and Wily Cat on their surfboards. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> and uh, you see like shadowy silhouettes of them going out after the the shadow creatures and uh shadow master says something pretty 
pretty evil. I mean, he should. He's an evil guy, but he's like, prepare to join your father, which I thought that's just cold. <laughs> <laughs> so he must, yeah, again, he must have some knowledge of Lionel's history and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So uh, Panther says, use your weapons to cut them in half, but what they start finding out is that just as they cut them in half, they're made of shadows, so they just reform. They reform, yeah. Yep. Bengali uh, says real in a cocky manner, he's like, "I could be, uh, we could keep doing this all day," and yeah. uh, and towards the end of the page, like that's when Panther realizes, "Nope, we pretty much can't." Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's like then what do we do? And Chitara on the next page says, "You got to fight him uh, with the light." The only way to stop the darkness is with light. So yep. like this is I, I did like this moment because there's a couple of cool things that happen. Yep. Um, Wily Kid and Cat like they start throwing off these little bombs, you know, flash grenades basically yep. that drop like i love the way it's drawn it kind of drops into the center of the beast and just kind of rips them apart yep from the center out because the light just flashes out which is really cool the thing i like about that is if you remember issue zero was wily uh cat was like i just you guys have such cool weapons i just have these little flash bomb yeah that's true and so it was total foreshadowing of what was going to happen <laughs> no pun intended foreshadow uh, <laughs> it was totally foreshadowing what was going to happen in this issue where his flash bombs actually are the thing that can help them so yeah i really like that um, so it's like lino he's got his sort of omens which can produce a, a power blast but also kind of be a light source and then well and then bengali's weapon i wasn't as familiar with and i just yeah. don't remember him. i remember loving how he looked in the cartoons yeah but i don't necessarily remember his weapons powers and it's like he's just blasting a light out of his hammer. Yep. And the one thing I was kind of surprised because I, I do remember reading about this. And I think it might have been when we covered issue zero, but uh, Linkso, I thought he had like a shield or something like that that flashed a bright light to blind his opponents and put him on an equal playing field. Oh, yeah. But that isn't used in this issue, so. No, that's surprising that they wouldn't use it. Yeah. So then we get Wily Kit and Wily Cat. They're flying around on their surfboards and. Wily Cat says, I'm going in. And, of course, that's <laughs> not really a wise move. Now he's being all impulsive and, and young, you know, so yep. I mean, it's kind of playing up the characters. But he goes flying in. I love that <laughs> sequence where he's just like, woohoo, take that, monsters. And then there's these two, like, shadow arms just Little hands. up <laughs> out of the crowd. And just grab the end of his board, and he goes flying off of it. Yep. Kind of like when you... When you hit a rock on your skateboard. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> such flying off. It's such a cartoon moment too. Oh, big time. Like yeah. you would so see that in an episode where just these little hands go whoop and grab his surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> whoop. And he goes flying off, yeah. Right. So he lands and he's about to get attacked by the shadow creatures. And then we the top of the next page that panel is really cool. Like yeah. you see a creature about to chomp down on him and then like a hole starts burning through the center of them and blasting the creature away as it's Bengali using his like hammer of light or whatever. Yeah. It is to cut to rush in and save him. So yeah. that's really cool. So then uh, Panther mentions that they're starting to run out of bombs and they have to think of something fast. Oh, um, we kind of skipped the part where Linkso oh. and Lino realize that the Shadow Master is hiding inside one of the demons. Well, that's actually exactly where I was because Panthro, the panel right above that is where Panthro says we need to think of something fast. And then Linkso turns to Lino and says, destroy that one to reveal the Shadow Master. So he actually, right. Linkso actually is able to figure out which one's the Shadow Master who's basically hiding inside a creature of shadow. Yeah. 
Lionel says, I'm not going to be lenient this time, and he just goes roaring towards him, which is just a cool double splash page of yeah. Lionel jumping towards this shadow beast creature that's the Shadow Master now, and he's got the Thundercats logo basically behind him. Right, just like rushing in kind of with him, just a symbol of power more exactly. than like an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool though. Um, so then Lionel takes a, a slash at him, it destroys the shadow creature that surrounded the shadow master he says you know you will never trouble my people again and he says by the eye of thundera i swear this and evidently the eye of thundera can really kick shadow master's butt because uh, he's like no not the eye and uh he ends up being totally like destroyed or yeah so he's like up. no and, and the line goes like i'll be gone for my kingdom forever blast and then it's like bright sunny day out. Like, <laughs> like now let's get back to work, guys. High five. You know, it's just like I love it. He's like, we got a planet to repopulate. Where's Chitara? <laughs> it's like wait. He does what? not say where's Chitara. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he should have. So this is another example of the... <laughs> taking a serious note now. <laughs> so oh, yeah, okay. this is a this is another point where uh, because it's not a decompressed story, like. I don't really know what happened to Shadow Master. Was it just the eye destroyed him? Well, okay, so the the ancient spirits of evil threatened to banish Shadow Master back to the Shadow Realm right. like, forever. And I'm guessing that's basically what the the Eye of Theron to Thundera did. Yeah. I mean, however that happened, they don't... Even a line of dialogue would have explained that, but they didn't do yeah. that. Because I couldn't tell if he got swallowed up into the eye or if he just got, like... Poof, you're gone yeah, because yeah. you're made a shadow. If, if he was just like disappeared, they could have rendered it like when the when the other shadow monsters were being just kind of ripped to shreds. Right, but he's just like, like no, just and then him. yeah, he's like no, and then boom, sunny day. Yeah, it's just like ding, next panel. Um, I don't know. So if it was showing him getting sucked into the eye of Thundera, or yeah. like like a portal of blackness opening up behind him and sucking him in, right? Anything like that would have made more sense. But he was just like no, ding. It's just like done so but again at the end of the day good. with a cartoon you would have just gotten this no, that's defeat. very true like i don't know it's okay anyway so yeah so then you have that level of storytelling in the yeah. cartoon. so then we have um uh we're back with the ancient spirits of evil and it says yeah, our new old pyramid yeah yep and it says our new champions failed as more Thundarians return to this planet, which never happens, our <laughs> yeah. our power will wane. We must destroy the Thundercats soon. We need to resurrect our true champion, which, guess who that is? <laughs> Kasum, like this lightning power hits the pit, uh, the pit of uh, goo or whatever it is, yep. liquid. And you see this creature rise up, and if you know anything about the Thundercats, you already know who this is. But he says, says I, I am reborn. reborn. And here it's Mumra, and he says, I will not fail you again. The Thundercats will tremble at the feet of Mumra, the ever-living. Which, that is a super cool splash page of Mumra. Heck yeah. Like, that is pretty awesome. And then it's to be continued. Right. So this came out, the, the book came out in 2002. I don't think we've ever mentioned that. No, how, we didn't, yeah. How old the series is. Um, uh, Ed McGinnis had been working in comics for quite a while, but he wasn't nearly as big of a name as he is now. Right. Um, he had worked on, like, the Deadpool series and stuff. Um, but he was still pretty early on in his career. But he just had, even at this point, he had such a solid, like, style, you know, that was that was very consistent. I think it really... 
did a good job portraying the look and feel of the cartoon, especially in the yeah. faces. Yeah. Um, well, and his style, sti- I mean, his style works style perfectly. Is super muscular. Yeah. And, and every muscle is defined and also a little short and squat. So if I had any thing to be like, oh, I wish this was a little different. It was just that the figures were a little more elongated, just kind of stretch out those muscles a bit. Yeah. Just to give that more kind of feline type proportions that they had on the show. That's the, I mean, and, and that's, so it's such a nitpicky thing. Cause when you read through this, you really get sucked back into it. Like it was the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and like you said, it, I think he was a, a perfect, art artist choice for this because yeah. of his style just muscular and everything else like he could very well draw you know thundercats he could draw he-man like all and we mm-hmm. and you know that works perfectly to his strengths and everything else um so yeah it's, it's gorgeous you know as far as the drawing it works so well especially for the style that they're going for as far as like it being like a cartoon episode and homage yeah i think a cartoons. lot of that goes to the colors like i mentioned early on in the episode yep. that Chris, he was doing like one or maybe you know just one cut of color. It's called like a cut and gradient style where you have a highlight and you have a shadow. And it's kind of this what's called cell shading. In, in animation, it's called cell shading coloring. And in comics, it's called a cut and gradient style okay. coloring. But you might have one cut of a highlight, basically a middle tone, and then one cut of a shadow. And there's not very much modeling that goes on. Okay. And so um, that definitely gives it that look and feel of the cartoon because the colors are relatively simple but part of that is you have to make really good choices for colors yeah to pull that off and i think he just does a fantastic job oh yeah absolutely absolutely and like i said this was i mean this is when you know this issue other than the zero issue this was the start of thundercats again like we had seen nothing of thundercats other than the 80s cartoon so this was the total resurgence of anything thundercats and to read these issues, I was like, I mean, I remember seeing it at the comic shop, and, and the issue I have in my hand is the issue I got at the comic shop. <laughs> nice. So I remember picking up and going, ooh, going to take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, well, and G.I. Joe had launched with uh, Devil's Due Publishing through Image and done really well in 2001. Yeah. So this is Wildstorm's answer to that, to got the property of Thundercats, launched this, put some big names behind it, and... Uh, and it just it looks fantastic. I love it. Man, if only podcasts had existed back then. Yeah, really. <laughs> because there really was a big resurgence of 80s properties then. There was, you know, you had this yeah. coming out, you had the G.I. Joe stuff coming out, you had Dreamwaves Transformers coming out, you had um Voltron, Voltron. doing Voltron, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you had all these things coming out and you're and I was I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, holy crap, all of the stuff I love is coming back. Yeah. And then there was a dip in it. For a little bit, and I, and I think, and then shortly after we started doing the podcast, there was a resurgence again, and I think it's it took it's taken a little bit of a dip again, but I think yeah. we're starting to see some things coming out, which we'll mention in the next um, episode that we do. I think we're starting to see some things coming back again, so I, I think there's this just this peaks and valleys when it comes to the '80s properties right now. Yeah, and I think I mean they have to be done well. Like part of this. I think in this series, they were definitely trying to make it feel reminiscent of the cartoon. We've talked about that as, um, on the art side of it. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned it briefly towards the end of the book. But on the writing side, uh, it did feel like the cartoon. But I think comics can do a little better than the old 80s cartoons when it comes to storyline. Yeah. And, and explanation and, and really kind of fleshing out a story. I think we get a little bit more of that later on in the series. Yeah. I, um, I don't remember off the top of my head if it's the same writer. 
Uh, I knew he was Ford was part of the series kind of all throughout. I don't know if he was always writing it as much as he was kind of art directing and managing the property while Wildstorm had it. But um, I don't know. I feel like the stories became a little more complicated down the road. But these first few issues, I think they just want to be like, we want people to pick this up and feel like it's the cartoon again. Yeah. And they definitely do that. I mean, if that was their goal, then they definitely accomplished that. Absolutely. And I and I will say that um, you know I loved this first miniseries, but the one that I loved the most was the one that follows this miniseries, which is Thundercats: The Return. Yeah. And um, I actually looked up uh, Ford uh, Gilmore. He does actually write The Return as well. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, um, I think the one after that, Brett Booth drew like the Dogs of War. Yeah. I don't. I haven't. I don't know if I've read that whole series. Does he write that one? Uh, I'll have to look it up. But uh, I know. Dogs of War I liked still. I thought that was still decent because, it, again, it did involve some of the um, some characters from the Thundercats cartoon, you know, the yeah. Doberman and all that type of stuff. But it was, I think, once we got into the issues after that, like the miniseries after that is when it took a dip. But I think it wasn't so much a dip because of the writing. I think it was a dip because of the art. The art actually went mm. way downhill after that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So um, that's when you got the Berserkers and stuff like that. And I don't think I read it. I think I just kind of lost track of the series after the Dogs of War one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I collected it all the way to the bitter end. But, okay. <laughs> but the Dogs of War, let's see if I can find the credits here. Once it got to Dogs of War, it was Alex Sinclair. Uh, let's see. And John Lehman and Brett Booth that worked on Okay, so we had new writers at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like I said, Dogs of War I still liked. And, and it probably plays a little bit into the art, too, because, like, I mean, I like I like that art. So Yeah. <laughs> but, like I said, it was after that that I felt like it kind of went downhill. And you can kind of tell that everyone else did, too, because I don't think there was much after that. After the, I think it was called Revenge of the Hammer or something like that. That miniseries didn't sell very well. And then they were like, okay, we're done with Thundercats. Which is a shame because, you know, the direction it was going in, I was like, man, I would love an ongoing series. And then we could see some of these new Thundercats that they were talking about. So, I know, yeah. I mean, they just opened it up for a huge amount of potential that was never explored. Yeah. It's kind of too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if, uh, I would assume DC still owns the rights to Thundercats as far as the comic side of stuff. Uh, it just depends on if they've renewed their licensing right. rights with it. Right. Like, I, I don't think Warner Brothers owns the Thundercats property. I'm sure Wildstorm at the time was paying a licensing fee right. to whoever owned it. Um, we could probably look that up or find out sometime. But Yeah. Um, yeah, so unless Warner Brothers, you know, AO Time Warner has bought up the Thundercats property, which, I don't know, I have to look at who did the cartoon also. But anyway, it... Um, yeah, whoever owns that is... is the, the, the rights could have reverted back to them if... if Wildstorm or DC never yeah. renewed it. Yeah, and it, it's a shame that no one's really picking it up because obviously He Man's coming back in comics, and yeah, you know we have all DC's these. DC's other... been big with that. So. Yeah, and we're getting all these other characters, you know, coming up in comics and everything else. That I was like, man, Thundercats is just ready. I mean, it's you know you could very easily bring that in into this. Uh, there's a lot of properties you could say are ready, but it, I mean, like Voltron, it really needs a good creative team that sure. has a solid direction with 
the character knows its history but is willing to take a few risks to update it yeah um and an art team that's consistent and, and at a professional quality level yeah. yeah and that's the thing it's like you got uh dynamite entertainment did the voltron series and it did horrible but that the writing to me was bad the art to me was bad they just didn't put the quality into it that i think they could have um, yeah. Because when I read the image Devils Do Voltron, that was amazing stuff. And I mean, I covered the first issue on this show. So yeah. um, that stuff was incredible and it sold well. Um, it yeah, worked. it did. That was in that initial 80s boom and, and it did well. Yeah. And it was only because Devils Do <laughs> kind of stopped doing stuff that we really saw Voltron, you know, get canceled. So it, it got, yeah. it never really finished. So. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, there. You know, like you said, if it's done right with uh, respect to the original property, then I think people will buy it. If you kind of say, "Well, we're going to go in a completely different direction," then people are going to be like, eh, "I don't know about that. That's not what I remember of it." So yeah, but you have to kind of walk that line. Yep. Pixels in the Animation is the next cartoon review podcast series in the GeekCast Radio Network's long history of review series. We've had Transformers, He-Man, and Mask as far as the cartoon review podcasts we have done. Now we bring in TV's Mr. Neil as he and TFG and Mike break down nine video game cartoon series. Steve Megatron will join us for the Mega Man and Sonic episodes. We'll be reviewing and analyzing every episode of the Mario, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, and Sonic cartoons. You can expect us to go in-depth and also talk about the game franchises that spawn these cartoons. So tune in summer 2013 as we find the pixels in the animation. You said you had some Thundercats stuff to talk about. Yeah, just a, just a few things. I wanted to spotlight the Thundercats.org website, uh, give them a shout-out. It's run by um, a guy named Mark. He uh, contacted me through Facebook and had come across the Thundercats drawing I had done a couple of years ago and put up on my blog. I was asking if they could spotlight me as an artist on the website, and I was like, yes, of course, that'd be awesome. And... Um, as we got to talking back and forth, um, there's I you know and I was familiar with the website, but I hadn't like fully explored it. So I we talked about it. I went and checked it out a lot more. And there's just like a he the Mark he also runs the He-Man.org website and just started a GI Joe.org website. Nice. And the whole idea is just to collect information and present it to the fans. So they do an encyclopedia of characters, which they list every character, and then they commission art to just to. Um, show like like a file card you know for yeah. each character um and they usually bring on one artist to do the entire cast you know so that it all looks fairly consistent or at least as much as possible um and then you know they do that for the vehicles and all the locations there's usually uh, a breakdown of the various cartoon episodes and a description you know summary or synopsis and then any iteration of this property whichever of those three properties you know it kind of describes in detail you know the comics the books the movies if there is any and the the cartoon episodes uh, there's a you know a, a forum and community that you could kind of log in and become a part of and and just kind of mention and there's all this uh collecting as well so on the he-man.org which is the, probably the most comprehensive of the three 
uh, it has like every figure from every line with the description and all that kind of stuff. So you have a lot of this type of websites like on yojo.com or 3djoes.com, like for GI Joe, that's already out there. Yeah. But I think when it comes to He-Man, that is definitely the go-to site for He-Man. Oh, and yeah. I think th- th- for Thundercats, it's also becoming that. Um, so it's been great getting to know him and exploring the sites. Um, I've we, In talks, we've been able to... Uh, we're going to be working on a project together uh, over the course of 2015 um, where Mark would have been talking to Dan Norton, who was the art director and producer for the Thundercats relaunched television show the cartoon that came out two years ago so this and dan norton um it'd be awesome to have him on sometime but he was the uh character designer and props designer for gi joe resolute which is a series we absolutely love yeah and he went on from that to then we'll go and work on thundercats and he also has a background in comics he was a comic artist before he went and did this so Mark was speaking with him back and forth and just talking about, oh, man, we would, we would have loved to see a season two. What's the latest? And it's basically there was some potential that it could come back, but there's final official word that apparently it's not going to happen. Oh. So, um, so in response to that, Mark was like, well, we would love to show in some way, display to the fans, you know, this is what – this is what was going to happen. This was, you know, that way. So at least in some form, your idea for the character and the storylines can be presented to the public. And so Dan kind of gave him a few tidbits of information of like a little, you know, teasers of kind of what was going to be coming up in that next season. And so Mark was telling me some of this stuff and I'm like, it blew me away. I could not believe that they were going to be so risky Hmm. and, you know, oh, I I cannot wait to talk about this. So we got the approval from Dan and and whoever that Mark had to talk to to do this. But uh, we're going to be producing each month. We're going to put out basically a couple episodes worth of that season two. So it'll be mostly kind of prose, kind of uh, screenplay type, uh, you know, short story that you could read, which is the basic – I guess that's the way to read it. You're like a prose or screenplay of that episode. Very cool. And with each episode, I'll be doing two to three like large splash pages to help show the most dramatic moments or just to show key moments throughout the episode. And then we're going to do that for the entire 2015. Wow. So we'll be putting out basically at least one episode a month that'll have new Thundercats art based on the actual TV series working with the art director and producer of the show uh, to, you know, um, just to portray what would have happened. So it's not going to be strictly canon, but at the same time, this is exactly coming from the person, you know, who developed the show, what would have been done. And um, so, yeah, so I'm really excited to, one, to have an opportunity to work on Thundercats in any way, but really to be working with Mark, uh, he seems to be a great guy. We've gotten a chance to talk quite a bit. And so I'm really excited to work with him on it too. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I'm, I, I'm like chomping at the bit to know like what was going to happen. <laughs> I know I haven't told Ryan anything yet. <sighs> Normally Ryan, like he knows stuff well before I tell anybody else. Like I find out something and I tell Ryan immediately. And I'm like, okay, Ryan, you can't tell anybody. <laughs> and he's been really good about it. Yeah, I, I don't Spilling tell... Spilling the beans on stuff. Yeah, I don't tell anyone anything. I, I don't even tell my wife, and she knows <laughs> everything. But, but I'm I like, I don't... For this project, I'm not going to tell Ryan anything. 
<laughs> because I want you to see it when it comes out. No, I, I know, and I do too. Else. I do also. And be excited about it. So, um, well, so we'll be starting first thing in January. Um, uh, I'm working with him now on as far as like nailing down the that kind of script for the first for the first month's project, and we'll get going. All the character designs, the, the character designs will be the same. It'll be done in a comic book style. It's not like I'm going to try and completely recreate the style of the show. Right. You know, with like the you know, kind of like this, uh, the comic we just read, you know, where it is comic book art, but at the same time, it's very reminiscent of the old show. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be drawing it in my style, you know, like a fully rendered comic book page. Right. Uh, and, and we'll get it all inked up and colored and uh, sort of hopefully be a really cool representation of what could have happened. That's awesome. So a couple of little things I want to spotlight on the Thundercats.org. If you go there, they're they're doing two things. There's, um, well, for one, if you wanted to go and listen to a, a podcast specifically on Thundercats, they do have about ten. It looks like ten episodes of a podcast that have, you know, long since. You know, it's not like anything they kept up regularly, um, but they're still available to listen to, and you can go back and uh, listen to interviews with uh, Larry Kenny and other just kind of like talking about. Uh, when when there was a premiere episode of the of that Thundercats series a couple of years ago, they talk about it and they reflect on it. So it's it's a fun show if you want to if you want to listen. I don't think there are any uh, current episodes being put out, but that's one thing. It's called the Thundercast. And then that's so that's one thing. Another thing they're doing is kind of a drive to just level up what they call level up the interest and uh, exposure of Thundercats on IMDb. So if you go on IMDb and you like rate something. Uh, then the higher it's rated, then the more it's seen, you know, kind of like an iTunes type idea. And right now the show Thundercats as a cartoon is rated a 7.9. Okay. So their goal is to just bump it up to eight. Like that's it. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like setting realistic goals in life. (laughs) Right. Um, But so if you go on to IMDb, search Thundercats and rate it, you know, if you like the cartoon, if you go back and just rate it as a high level, if nothing else, just for the sake that they created these awesome characters, it's worth it. So go and give it a rating. That's something that they're trying to do is just bump up the exposure of Thundercats, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm actually on their uh, the Thundercats.org site right now. It's it done very much like the He-Man.org one. It's, yeah. It's really cool. And I'll look at, you know, you go... A few articles down in the first page. Feature artist Robert Atkins. Look at that. Yeah, they did a few weeks ago. That was really cool that they did that. Was, that was yeah, fun. But yeah. they also have a Facebook page. You know, just Thunder. If you just search Thundercats on Facebook, uh, Mark runs that page as well. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of cool artwork and uh, new interviews. And he just any kind of new Thundercats news is posted to that Facebook page. So you can hop on there and like the page and keep updated that way too. All right. Uh, well couple other things I just wanted to mention as far as uh, this episode will probably come out uh, hopefully right before Christmas. So awesome. so Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes. Uh, and uh, tied into uh, appearances and things like that, uh, I did an episode with Pop Culture uh, Leftovers, uh, episode 70, where we talked about the Star Wars teaser trailer. And I was on there with our buddy Eric Grubb. Uh, from yes. the Awesome Movie Podcast, and he's also a member of the 501st. So we talked with the Pop Culture Leftovers guys for a good hour and a half to almost two hours, and so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I will warn you, their their show is completely awesome, and 
uh, a lot of fun. They're really long episodes. They're like five, six hour episodes. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're also not ones you want to play in the workplace because there's a lot, <laughs> just language wise. It's not, yeah, they're yeah. not raunchy or anything like that. They're yeah. just a lot of F bombs dropped, a lot of, <laughs> a lot yeah. of. So, but they're they're really cool guys. Uh, Brian, the host of that, listens to our show. I think Jake listens to our show also now, uh, because of recommendation by Brian. I know that Jake follows our fan page on on uh, on Facebook, so uh, cool. that's really cool. And then I did see on Bleeding Cool, you were actually mentioned. I don't know if you saw that or not. No, what for? For uh, your America's Army. Oh, well, yeah, we've been actually doing a, a pretty big promotion for, I, I did the cover to America's Army number 12, um, which it's, the interiors are done by another artist, but then I'm also right now working on the miniseries that's a spinoff of that main series, and we did a really fun kind of uh, video interview where they put it together, it's a really well-produced kind of video that's like, a, meet Robert Atkins, you know, it just kind of talks about me and my career, and yep. um so that's been fun that that's been put out and it's kind of generated a lot of promotion. So. Yeah, I just I happened to be looking up some stuff and it I saw something that said uh, America's Army and it said GI Joe artist Robert Atkins. So you're still known as the GI Joe artist. I probably always will be unless yeah. I work on some other you know big name property, which I'm I'm fine being known as the GI. I was gonna guy. say I don't think you have any problem with that. I just no no <laughs> not at all. And so. I think well and then uh, I was say another thing uh, I was on the DC Noise podcast. Uh, this is earlier in December, but. Um, uh, episodes 263 and they always break it up into two because we record for like four hours or five right. hours and then episode 264 right. so those those were their most recent episodes they've put out so i'm on that show too you can hear them bash me and stuff like that pretty much so, like yeah. all night long right exactly so um so <laughs> <laughs> so let me go ahead and give our information out uh you can find us at starjoes.com you can find us at the forum for geeks.com uh you can find us at um on the GeekCast Radio Network. And we're also on Facebook. Just look up Star Joe's. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, let's see. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES. 440-941-JOES. We haven't had any new characters from the Star Joe's universe call us recently. So it uh, <laughs> doesn't have to just be G.I. Joe characters. Anyone can call us. Or you could just be yourself if you want to do that. Right. Yeah, you, you don't have to be a character. <laughs> right. We're always willing to listen to anybody. Right. Um, uh, you can email starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, those that submitted for the contest. Uh, we only had uh, three entries. And <laughs> awesome. So I, I have to do a lot of work on my own. Uh, yeah. But it's okay. Uh, so because there was only three entries, I'm actually not even going to bother drawing a name. I'm going to send prizes to all three people. Um, awesome. Cause I've got enough stuff. I can split it up. So that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what you get for at least participating then. Yep. Um, we had no international contributors, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> and I did want to mention with, uh, Christmas having, uh, going to be happening is that toys for tots. Uh, yeah, you were able to through prints and everything else that people bought very genu generously. Uh, about six hundred dollars worth of toys were donated for Toys for Tots, which was amazing. Yes, I was able to take basically the equivalent of three large Rubbermaid bins full of toys, and I went out and I kind of one I first raided my own closet of stuff. <laughs> Anything I had duplicates of or felt like I didn't necessarily need, I threw in the box, and then I went and with the money I'd collected from 
my blog, I was sitting at, you know, I had, I had done like $100, $200, and I was really excited about that. I was like, this is great because uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but then in the last probably three days before my cutoff, which was December 15th, um, uh, I, you know, tripled the amount of money that I pulled in with people buying prints and books and uh, awesome. obviously people just really supporting um, the campaign to really kind of give for the toys. So yeah. I was really happy to to do that. And um, so I just went out and bought like crazy. Um, I went to Target first, and then Toys R Us and uh, just bought up all kinds of stuff. Then, I, then they have a drop off there at Toys R Us that I just dumped everything I had. Uh, there so that worked out pretty well very cool um one other thing i wanted to mention because there might be another episode that comes out before the end of the year but in case it doesn't a few days ago i got an email from podbean who is the website that hosts our show um and they notified me that star joe's was ranked in their top 10 most popular podcasts in the games and hobbies category which there's about 110 podcasts in that category yeah i was blown away by this yeah i was too because we've never gotten that before <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you're talking game like games yeah you know, there's loads of podcasts about various games and yeah. just to be included in that uh group I, like I'm, I'm very flattered but it's being the top 10 like that's really fun that's yeah. awesome i'm glad people either listened to us or voted for us and like yeah. so thanks to everybody who did because that's uh and I think that's it was awesome. Yeah, I think it was cool. just based on uh, numbers of listens and downloads and stuff because they just said it was most popular. So I don't think it was based on any type of votes. I think it was just people actually listening to the show. So thank you, everyone that listens. Yeah, um, definitely. Thanks for spreading the word around. It didn't say which where we ranked, but when you look on the website, if you go to Podbean and you click on uh, the categories that they have, and you go to games and hobbies. Uh, you'll see the top 10 listed there, and we're the fifth one listed. And it's not in alphabetical order, so that, cool. to me, says that we were fifth. So I awesome. yeah, I found that to be a huge honor. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Chuck, actually, when I posted it on the fan page, Chuck goes, yeah, I'm awesome. And I replied with, uh, yeah, we got it on the year that you rarely showed on, this, showed up on <laughs> oh, the <yeah>. show. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> I'm just saying the guy oh, man. the guy rarely shows and we hit the top <laughs> 10. <chuck> some slack, <laughs> man. No, in all honesty though, I could not do the show without uh Chuck or Robert. <laughs> you know, when when Chuck did have to kind of take a leave of absence for a, a while just due to personal reasons, um I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing the show, but I don't know how I'm going to keep I was going to have to do solos or I was just going to have to keep bringing on guests and everything else, so you know, thank you, Robert, for uh, stepping in and stepping up and wanting to do more episodes and everything else. I've talked with Chuck many times. He is still willing to do episodes. It's just us coordinating it. So yeah, and it's tough. I mean, scheduling that's the that's the biggest obstacle. Yeah, um, and I say that not having to edit anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from my point of view, the biggest obstacle is showing is up. Just, it's just showing up, you know, like caring enough to turn on Skype. Like, that's it. Oh, and we know the hardest part for you sometimes is showing up, so. <laughs> oh. No, it's it's really, it's, it's tough. I mean, we're, we're both yeah. married. We have you know, jobs. Ryan's got to wake up early the next morning. I, I work at night. So it's just, yeah. it's always a matter of finding the best time and schedule. So we appreciate it. People are patient with us when there are gaps between episodes. But certainly that everybody's listened and yeah. 
spread the word like that's how people hear about it so we really appreciate that and schedule wise i think that's been the toughest thing for getting chuck on the show is uh he now yeah. has a part-time job where he has to get up at like four in the morning so he can't stay up uh at to 10 no o'clock. we're like on three different schedules <laughs> yeah the three of us so so uh so i told him i says in the new year i'm gonna make it a point to try to work some you know be flexible with my schedule and and here and there you know try to see what works best for him and even if it's just some short episodes or something like that with him, I, I think that would be fantastic. So, but yeah, again, I thank everyone for listening and spreading the word around because without you guys telling other people about the show, I don't think it would have gotten as big as it did. In fact, I know it wouldn't have gotten as big as it did. So, uh, so that was just a, an awesome honor. I was very humbled by it and very appreciative of it. Um, and again, it, we owe it all to you guys listening. So, so with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Thirty years ago, I was in a feud. He-Man was my foe, but now he is my dude. The times have really changed. Now we never fight. If you don't believe me, here's a picture from last night. We're Facebook friends, we made amends. Look here, see, it's true. This is us deciding on our first matching tattoos. We hit the gym, I spark him. We are really bros. This bromance is forever. All Eternia should know. <laughs> Do you think they believed me, Panthor? Because I was lying. 